Welcome to the NDS Safer and Stronger podcast. In this episode, we are joined by Andrea McLeod, the General Manager of Melbourne City Mission, who gives a special presentation about how her team handled positive COVID cases and the changes the company had to make in response to those cases. I'm really looking forward to this presentation this morning. I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land of which we're meeting today and pay my respects to elders past, present and those emerging. Um, so I've been invited today to talk about Melbourne City Mission's experience with COVID-19. And so I'm going to start by telling you a little bit about the story, um, the background, and then talk through what didn't go so well, what did go well, uh, and what we've learned as a result. So I'm going to start with the story. Uh, it was the 16th of July, uh, it was the second wave of COVID, and we had three out of five residents in a sill house test positive for COVID-19. So on this particular day, during the second wave, there were 317 positive cases recorded in Melbourne on that day. So we were just starting to, we're about halfway through that ramping up um, stage. The three residents in the sill house had actually been displaying symptoms for about five days, unbeknownst to us. Uh, they'd seen the GP twice in that time and the GP had said that a COVID test was not necessary and they were prescribed antibiotics for what was thought to be a common cold. Um, staff at the Sill House didn't report up to management that three of the residents were unwell and had cold and flu-like symptoms and so therefore we were none the wiser. We carried on as if um, it was just a normal Sill service. Um, during this time, we had been communicating with all our staff, if you have any symptoms, please get a test. So that was a big learning for us, despite communication. Uh, some of that didn't filter through. So six days post the first onset of symptoms, when we finally heard about the situation, those residents were immediately tested for COVID-19. So then um, staff went into full PPE, all of the close contacts were identified and of course you can imagine with that time um, between first onset of symptoms and when we got the positive test that there were a number of staff who'd worked in that residence, there were a number of visitors and contractors as well. So they were all uh, told that they needed to get a COVID test and uh, self-isolate. There were two residents in the house that were non-symptomatic and they were also not able to get a test due to behaviours of concern. So we had to treat them, they were close contacts, we treated them as if they were COVID positive and they went into self-isolation. Um, in the days following, a number of our staff also tested positive for COVID. Um, many of those staff were able to self-isolate or quarantine at home. Some needed to go into hotels and we were really fortunate to be able to access Hotels for Heroes. Um, a number of the staff had worked across other SIL settings, so they'd worked in multiple houses and a couple had worked in the community. So we needed to, um, you know, spread out our close contact tracing. Two of our staff also worked for an aged care provider and of course at the time that was concerning for us. 
So I want to talk about what didn't go well. And I'm sure that already uh, you're putting two and two together and you can see um, what didn't go well. So the first thing was that there was this huge delay. There was a delay of six days at least where our residents were displaying symptoms and then the COVID test that they got. And during that time, there were multiple um, opportunities for that COVID positive um, to spread. The second thing that didn't go well was staffing. So we had assumed, like many of you, we'd done our COVID safe plans, we had contingency plans in place. Um, what we had made some assumptions about was that we could call on agency staff, that we could call on other staff from within MCM to come and work in that environment to help us out. Unfortunately, that didn't come to fruition. So we had made a lot of assumptions about our business continuity planning. Another thing that didn't go well was multiple visits from multiple agencies. So it was as if the situation was new for a lot of people. We had people from the department wanting to come in. We had the rapid response team. We had the infection control team. Um, we had a doctor from Northwestern Health who wanted to come in and, and see how we were managing. You know, a SIL setting is a residential house. It's people's home. It is not like an aged care setting and we're certainly not a hospital setting. And so that was really challenging for our staff, um, trying to care for residents in a COVID positive environment and trying to host external visitors. Um, the other thing that happened as a result of that was that everybody that came in wanted to offer us some advice and most of the advice was contradictory. That was really confusing for our staff. So despite us following department guidelines, making sure that our communication was really clear, each time a new person, uh, generally a health professional came in, they had a different approach uh, and they wanted to give us different advice. Another thing that didn't go so well was PPE supplies. So like many of you, um, at the end of the first wave, we, we all kind of sighed a sigh of relief. Um, we kept gathering PPE supplies, but we completely underestimated the amount of PPE that we would actually go through in a COVID positive environment. So that was a real challenge for us. Continuing what didn't go well, um, we had assumed that we could use hotel accommodation to provide our staff who needed to um, perhaps be in a more um, isolated environment rather than going home to family and then coming to work. So for those staff who were prepared to work, we wanted to offer them hotel accommodation. Unfortunately, many hotels would not take our booking. They were also fearful of COVID. And it was at that time of the second wave when everybody was really quite fearful about what was happening. Another thing that didn't go well was the capability of staff. So this is really when you start to see how good your staff are. So despite running desktop exercises, giving lots of information, there were posters everywhere. We had video presentations of donning and doffing PPE. Um, what we found was that many staff were still inconsistent in the application of PPE. And so there was always that heightened risk that there would be a breach of PPE.
I talked about communication. There was a lot of it, often contradictory, and it was really hard to keep up. Things, as you will recall, were changing every day, and it was so challenging. The last thing for us, which um, didn't go so well, was media attention. And I know that the media play a part in um, a pandemic, um, but that negative media attention was not helpful for us, and it certainly wasn't helpful for our residents. So on to what did go well. So this is where we get to reflect on um, the good parts of our response and use them to build in uh, our plan going forward. So the first thing that went well was the response that we had from NDIA and the department. It was late on a Thursday afternoon, leading into Friday. Of course, everything happens on a Friday, as you all know. Um, they were really great at providing additional support and advice. They were there on the phone, you know, sending lots of SMS messages, making sure that over that first 72 hours, we were well set up, that we were comfortable in what we were doing and that we were getting the support that we needed. The assistance from other providers like yourself was incredible. We had a couple of providers who actually loaned our staff to come and work for a period of a few weeks. This was just uh, an incredible godsend when our um, whole contingency had been based on agency staff. And of course, as we know, the agencies weren't able to provide staff. The other good thing um, for us and what did go well was we found a new nursing agency, one that we had um, no idea about, and they were able to come to the party and provide us with enrolled nurses. We didn't want to medicalize the environment that we're in, but certainly having that nursing presence um, gave a sense of comfort both to the residents and their families, and also internally from a Melbourne City Mission perspective, it was nice to know that there was that capability in the house uh, working with us at that time. The other thing that worked well for us was having a COVID controller. This was a role that we'd had in place right from the outset of COVID. Um, it for us was that single point of truth. And that was really helpful to filter information up and down and to have a single source um, of decision making around what we should be doing. The other thing that was really helpful was Hotels for Heroes. They provided us a much needed quarantine for those staff that tested positive for COVID. And, um, you know, many of our staff took them up on that offer and it was fantastic. So with all of that information, what didn't go well and what did go well, what changes have we as an organisation made to better prepare us for the future? Firstly, we've got enough PPE to sink a ship. We have so much PPE, um, we feel that we're very prepared for any pandemic that may come along. Um, I talked about the staff capability. So one of the things that we've done and um, a change that we've made as a result is that we have ensured that every staff working in a SIL environment has actually had hands-on experience guided by a registered nurse on donning and doffing PPE, absolutely making certain that in a situation like this, um, again, there would be a minimal breach of um, risk 
of a breach of PPE. So our staff are well-versed and they are comfortable with the process of using PPE. Everybody knows how to do a touch surface clean. We know how to clean and we have taught people about what that actually means, how often you need to do it and the supplies that we need to use. The other thing that we've done as an organisation as a result of assuming that um, we could rely on agency staff is that we have formed what we've called a surge workforce. We have over 40 staff at NCM who have signed up to be part of our pandemic surge workforce. These staff have been trained, they have done buddy shifts uh, in supported independent living accommodation and we are paying them a small retainer um, for a few months to have them at the ready in case we have another COVID positive outbreak. And that has been um, a fantastic um, relief for the organisation to know that at any time we have that internal capability to help us out. The last changes that we've made as a result are that we, like many of you, are limiting that movement of staff um, across SIL sites and also between SIL and the community. So really that is uh, in place to reduce that risk of um, if one, one setting goes down, we wanna reduce the risk that that then impacts on multiple settings. We've enhanced our COVID controller role. So I talked about that single point of truth. We now have a role called clinical director slash COVID controller. And that role is um, being performed by a registered nurse. So that brings that uh, extra layer of, of um, comfort, confidence in somebody who has a clinical background who can really take charge if another situation arises. And the last thing that we've done, given the tough experience that we had, thinking that we could use hotels and motels to put staff and uh, residents up in, is that we have two of our own MCM domestic houses at the ready. So they're all set up ready to go if we need them for either self-isolation or quarantine. So that's my story. Um, it's been a huge learning curve for Melbourne City Mission, as I know it has been for many of you, and we've learned a lot along the way, and we know confidently that we are prepared for any pandemic that may come along in the future. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Search NDS Safer and Stronger on YouTube for more experiences from disability providers, as well as other useful resources, or visit the Coronavirus Hub Victorian Response section at nds.org.au. The Safer and Stronger project focuses on supporting disability services in response to COVID-19.